ויום מוישה אל השם, לומו הרי אויסו לעבדכו, ולומו לא ימצוסי חן בעיניכו. לא סום אסמסה כל העום הזה אולי. There was the parsha of the misoinanim and the parsha of the asafsuf. The misoinanim were complaining and were not sure exactly what they were complaining about. The asafsuf were complaining and they were complaining that they want meat, bosa. Moshe Rabbeini turns to Hashem and he says, Have I conceived this nation? Have I given birth to this nation? I lie that you demand for me. So I should carry them in my lap. Like a nursing mother carries a suckling child. From where will I find the meat? To give to these people. They cry and they say, They want meat. I can no longer carry the burden of this nation. The job, the proposition is too difficult for me. If you want me to continue, I would prefer that you kill me, that you take my life. If I found faith in your eyes, what a shocking response. The only time in Tanakh. Let's redo the response. Let's redo the response. The bleeding heart of a loyal leader. To contrast Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership with other forms of leadership is very simple. While most leaders are egocentric, selfish people, they only care about themselves. And they only care for the people in as much as it will retain their power, as much as it will retain their position. Moshe Rabbeinu's selfless devotion leads him to say that I failed. My people need and I cannot provide. I cannot do what a mother can do to a nursing child. I cannot do what a parent can do for his little toddler. I feel that I cannot do for the people what they need. And I'd rather lose my life it's a very profound moment in Tanakh an extremely profound moment and in a moment which even if you're going to look in the Rishonim even if you're going to look in the Mephoshim it's hard to grasp 
the message here is extremely deep. It's a message of leadership and what it means to be a true manik, a true leader. What it means to not be able to sleep at night because somebody in your community is suffering. What it means to be as stressed out as ev- carrying all the stress of every member of the community, all the pain, all the anguish. It is also a message of a person on the brink. I once heard from Rav Shmuel Birnbaum, he said these passages are too deep for us to understand, but they're still written for us to be able to take a lesson. And we spoke last week over here that sadly, when somebody commits suicide, people think that they are immune to it. It cannot happen to them. But in reality, everyone has their breaking point. Nobody is above having their breaking point. Human beings can only tolerate a certain amount of pain, a certain amount of social isolation, a certain amount of desire for being recognized, liked, beloved. So all human beings can only tolerate a certain amount of pain. And then there's a level where the pain becomes unbearable. The desire for recognition becomes unbearable. And mainly, 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 it's social isolation. Because most stress that humans suffer has got to do with friendship, acquaintanceship. Humans feel they fail. It's almost always in contrast to others around them in every sense whether it's financially, whether it's social whether it's academic whether it's raising a family constantly contrasting themselves with the people around them and and sadly there's a lot lot of isolation, people that are lonely people that feel they didn't make it people that look around and say I'm a failure especially amongst their peers somebody asked me if a friend calls him up and tells him that he's going to commit suicide what the response should be the reality only thing a person wants to know in this world is that he's not alone he wants to know that you consider him important in your life That's all he wants to know. He wants to know that he is important to you. Once he knows that he is important to you, he can tolerate almost anything. Once a person knows that he's beloved, and there's people that really want what's good for him, it's so much easier to tolerate life's pain. But when people are in the rat race, and everyone's self-centered, only caring about themselves, And every negative news about a different person, they enjoy, they appreciate it. Then in reality, people in this world feel they don't have any real friends. They feel that they don't have any real friends. The only friends that they have is the friends that live the competition of the rat race. It's a story that's very important, and it's something that I want to discuss. He moved to Lakewood. In the beginning, he moved to a neighborhood where everyone rented. Nobody could afford to buy. 
My friend Buruch Hashem is Feltem Gunisht, but he moved into that neighborhood, Viedek and Dingen. So obviously this was the poorer crowd. This was a crowd that couldn't afford to buy. He says he came to Shul. They came together Thursday night, whether they came to Daven to learn, to play. And there was always a comradeship where people were there for each other. Then he decided to buy. So he moved into a upper-class neighborhood. And suddenly there's so much loneliness over there. Where everyone's busy just trying to show. Even the conversations that people have with each other is only about each person trying to show that I'm still a Manda Oma, I'm still a somebody. And suddenly the quality of life begins to sink. This is something we have to deeply understand. The more we join the rat race, the more we're busy trying to show for others then there is no place where you can achieve happiness. Because the more you make, the more you want, the more you look over your shoulder to the right, the more you look over your shoulder to the left, and the more you know that if somebody will catch you with a scandal, everyone will be happy that you failed. You're listening to this, what I'm saying now? The more you know that the second something comes out on you, and you know that everyone else in your community will just be excited about your downfall. And when that downfall happens, you cannot face the world anymore because you know that every person that you're meeting in the street is so excited about your failing. On the other hand, you have to surround yourselves with true friends. They're not easy to find. But people that truly want your success, people who won't be able to fall asleep at night because you failed. When you feel that you have those people in your life and you're surrounded with those kind of people, then life becomes so tolerable. Now, Reb I want to go into our Pasha, explain what's happening over here, page 511. On one hand, Reb Larry, we have Moshe Rabbeini bleeding for every Yid. Every Yid in Klal Yisrael knows that no matter what he's going through, Moshe Rabbeini won't be able to sleep. If the Yid Hotnishka fleisch and I will fleisch, Moshe Rabbeini Hotnishka Manicha, but the Yid fleisch. When we had Reb Aaron Leib Steinman in the world, we knew that he bled for every person. He wanted to make sure that everyone has, even what he doesn't have. This is a true Rosh Hashiva. A true Rosh Hashiva makes sure that the coil check is larger than his check. Because how can I sleep at night if I made $4,000 a month while the Ingeman made $500 a month So a true greatness is that other people's lack of quality of life doesn't let me live. I remember going to Rabbi Leib Steinman in the Heim and he has nothing. He has bare walls, a couple of in the little bed over there, crumbling kitchen and yet he raises millions of dollars for people in need. So every person knows that there's somebody here in the world that really cares. He doesn't need for himself anything. But if the people don't have, then the people in Claudio were not lonely because there was someone there that bled for them. This is why Hasidim gravitated towards the Rebbes. The Rebbes and the Altaheim, the Tamida Habashamtov, they felt that there's somebody there in the world that cried for them, that laughed with them, that wanted them. But the leader himself, he's lonely. How many people cry when the leader suffers? How many people in the world are there 
when the leader is lonely. And this is what true leadership is. True leadership is making sure that nobody in the community is lonely, but you will always live a very lonely existence. Leadership and loneliness always goes together. And now let's listen to this beautiful Hemshech Apsikim Pusik Tezayim. Vayoyma Hashem al Moshe, Esvuli Shivim Ish, gather for me seventy men, Mizikna Yisrael, from the elders amongst the Yidin. Asheyidatu, you have to know, Kihem Zikna Yuom Vishoytrov. They have a history that they were the police officers of Klal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeini is going to start delegating. He's not going to lead Klal Yisrael anymore with himself. After Baal he's going to start sharing the burden with others. If you look at the second column in Rashi, there's a Rashi that begins, Ashi Yodato Kihain. You see that Rashi? Oison She'atomake who should be a leader? Paroi had hired Jewish couples. Paroi didn't want to do the hitting of the Jews by himself. So he hired Yidelech to hit other Yidelech. The Jewish couples in Egypt had too much compassion to lift their hand against a fellow friend. Unlike Dusan and Aviram, the Shnai Anushim Nitzim. But the regular Yid had too much compassion in his heart to lift a hand against another Yid. Umikim al Yodom. So the Egyptians were beating up the Jewish police officers because the Jewish police officers didn't want to beat other Jews. Vayiki, Shenema Vayiku, Shoytre Bene Yisrael. Ato Yismanu Bigduloson, Kederich Shenitstaru Bitsaroson. Moshe Rabbeini looks around in Klal Yisrael and he knows Mr. President. He knows that he can share the burden with others. Koirach would gladly want to take the burden. Koirach in a few weeks' time is going to fight that he wants to be a leader. Moshe Rabbeini's message is I don't look for leaders, those who want to be leaders. Leadership doesn't come to he who wants to be a leader. Leadership belongs for him who is prepared to suffer on behalf of his followers. That is the amkus of what it means through leadership. Let's summarize the Steitohant. When they were looking to hire Rosh Hashivim, and Shigangin Kikken, wie viel Ketzosne can lernen? And Shigangin Kikken, wie viel Grenats er can noch sagen? What are we looking for when we look for Rosh Hashivim, when we look for a manik? We're looking for the person that's prepared to suffer on behalf of other people. Yeah, yeah. Like the Sklener Rebbe in Russia, where he was paid to get Makis Reitzach in order to save another person. And even like the little story from a Rosh Hashiva came to Rabbi Shmuel Birenbaum, and he told him that he has a book in his yeshiva that he cannot, um, doesn't know how to discipline him. He cannot tolerate, he wants to throw him out. Shmuel Biram asked him, what did you do for him? He said, what do you mean what I did? And Shmuel Biram asked him about how many sleepless nights did you have? How many nights did you spend saying out the whole Tehillim so that this Yibuchah should be Matzliach? How many days did you fast 
sondern das Buch ist wie was dir. Was heißt das Getin alles? Das Gunisch Getin. Zorich Sheyechle Olof. Now Moshe Rabbeini is looking for leaders. Hashem tells you, I'll tell you who to look for. Don't go to the Koilel. Don't go to the Yeshiva. Don't go to the Rosh Yeshiva class. Go look for those Yiddelechua in Mitzrayim police officers. In seinem Gechab, Makes Reitzach. In seinem Nischgewalt, Schlugen Kaid. This kind of person, this is true leadership. With them you will be able to share the burden and with them you will feel comfortable. I'll talk with you there. I will spread out from the spirit that's on you. I will put it on the rest of these 70 people. You will feel that you're not carrying them anymore alone. You were crying how difficult it is for Klal Yisrael. Now let's look in Yid Zion, the second last Rasha. Venosi Itchu. Venosi Itchu. You see the second last Rasha? Hisne imuem almenas sheyekabli alayem toirach bunai. Shahim tarchunim visarvunim. Mosh Rabbeini tells them if you want to be a leader, don't go in thinking, thinking about all the Yumim al Yemai Melech toys if they're going to sing for you. You go in to suffer and bear the burden of leadership. That's the only reason in the world you become a leader. The famous story, from Montreal, one of the great rabbinim there. In Montreal, he went to the Rebbe. He told me as a yeshiva, don't Rebbe. I got that five books there that he's dragging down this whole yeshiva out of a hundred books. What he should do? The Satmar Rebbe told him, send me the other 95. <laughs> and you keep the five and work with them. Because this is what leadership is. It's not about taking cover. It's not about looking for respect. It's about sacrificing and bleeding, crying, heart-wrenching, suffering, all on behalf of other people to help them every single day in every form and manner that you could. Well, I says, Atu levatu, I chiva la mashe umatu, la icha la noichi levadi. The main thing we have to remember today is that loneliness is extremely painful. You can be in the bungalow colony, but not hindered mention, a yeda is lonely. You're all sitting in the same room and everyone's lonely because everyone's worried. What are others thinking about me? How is I my social status? So Mazitz is I'm a hindered mention yet is lonely. So many shuls in Barapak, everyone's lonely. There's five hundred people in the same shul and everyone's lonely. What can we do in this epidemic of loneliness? We can do one of two things. We can be focused on ourselves, or we can be focused on others. Our main thing is we should try to be true friends to other people. That is the best that we can do in our epidemic of loneliness. Loneliness in every level and every age. The whole world is lonely at this point. All we can do is try to be honest friends for other people. Whether the guy gets for another mensch, forgive with the ganze hearts, be excited. When the guy schwer for another mensch, bleed for the other person. Do actions, give people courage, give people hope, and that's all that we can do in our very lonely little world. Thank you.